Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. A participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.
Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Rico, an American musician and record producer, best known as the drummer for the popular and influential psychedelic soul-slash-funk band Sly and the Family Stone. Erico was born in San Francisco, California. His cousins include saxophonist Jerry Martini and drummer Jan Erico, who was the drummer in two prominent Bay Area bands, The Vegetables and The Mojo Men. Erico was the original drummer for Sly and the Family Stone, and in 1971 he became the first member to quit the group, citing the band's continuing turmoil. Erico toured with jazz fusion group Weather Report in 1973, but never recorded with the group. His playing can be heard on live recordings hosted at the website Wolfgang's Vault. Joe Zarnall said that no one could play his tune Boogie Woogie Waltz better than Erico had. Erico joined the David Bowie band for his Diamond Dogs 1974 tour of the US during September 1974. Erico later collaborated with bands such as Santana, and the Grateful Dead. In the early 1980s, he was the drummer of the Jerry Garcia band. He also worked with Larry Graham from Sly and the Family Stone, plus members of the Tower of Power Horns, Journey and the Pointer Sisters on an album for Betty Davis. Erico still lives in the Bay Area, and continues to play and produce. One of his recent projects was producing the Jamie Davis Big Band album. He also played at the 2006 Grammy Awards, in the Sly and the Family Stone tribute, alongside most of his former bandmates. In recent years he has played drums for the reformed Quicksilver Messenger service. As a member of Sly and the Family Stone, Erico played at Woodstock, and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993. He continues to tour, with the Family Stone, alongside fellow founding member of Sly and the Family Stone Jerry Martini, saxophone. This band also included former Sly and the Family Stone member Cynthia Robinson before she died in 2015. Not Your Mother's Radio is listener-funded. If you wish to assist and help keep the station active, Funds can be sent via PayPal to Elliot. Is. Not. Your. Mother. At. Gmail.com. Remember, there is only one L and one T in Elliot. Thank you for your assistance. It is appreciated.
Good evening, everybody. It's Elliot over in Not Your Mother's Radio. Hope you're having a good weekend and um, everybody's getting ready for the new week. Um, we had a pretty good week last week, I guess. The election turned out okay, I think. Um, the turmoil and drama is not over, but I think we're headed in the right direction. Also, we have a great night tonight. Um, Greg Rico will be here with us in just a few moments. I'll be getting Greg on the phone. And, of course, Greg is the um, uh, Hall of Fame drummer from the great uh, Sly and the Family Stone. And like we heard in the um, intro, he's been, he's been involved in so many things besides, you know, the Sly Stone thing. Um, you know, um, he's been, you know, in Weather Report. Uh, you know, he's been all over. A producer, an arranger, uh, an instrumentalist, a great drummer. He's worked with Jerry Garcia. He's worked with uh, Santana. Um, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things that this man's been involved in. So what I'm going to do now is kind of get another um, tune um, up and running. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to get um, Greg on the phone. So um, here we go. We're going to listen to this uh, one by Sly. Hope you'll enjoy it, and I'll be back in just a few moments. In the end, you'll still be you. One that's done all the things you set out to do. Stand. There's a cross for you to bear. Things to go through if you're going anywhere
Okay, guys, you see, I wasn't fooling. Greg's on the phone with us now. <laughs> good evening, Greg. Hey, good evening. What's, up? What's doing? I just I just walked in, and I'm, yeah. uh, my heart's pumping because I was on the freeway a moment ago, and Oof. I'm rushing home to get here. Yeah, well, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I explained I explain to everybody it's live radio. These these things happen. It's funny. I spoke to Robbie. I, I spoke to Robbie Krieger about a month ago, and his wife actually broke her leg, and he had to put me on hold for an hour. And but he kept coming back to the phone. It was, um, yeah, I mean, the call. She broke. No, 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 no. Oh. That 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 morning or that afternoon, and he had to take care of us. So he oh, kept running up and back to the phone. So you know, it's live radio. We we get to uh, you know experience it all. But um, it makes it interesting. Yeah, I, I was actually a little late because I was. I, I, this, this is relative, okay, uh-huh. to everything we maybe talk about. It's about music. It's about a a, a a great manager. There's a guy named Herbie Herbert. Oh yeah. Who in the early day, you know who he is? Sure. Okay, so he's you know he's been having he's very ill. He's still here. Yeah. He's still here. Let me put it that way. Yeah. And he just got out of the hospital. Didn't think I'd see him again, actually, to tell you the truth. But uh, so he's back home. So we arranged to go see him today, me and a buddy of mine that knows him very well. Yeah. And we went and spent some time with him. It was just so good to see him. And he looked he, he looked and sounded like I'm not worried about him now. I, I, like I left with a smile. Good. And um I, I really admire this guy because he's he's really done a lot for, uh, you know, a yeah, lot of yeah. artists and, and yeah. music and um, all, all the guys out there who are listening. Focused person, yeah. And when he bites, it comes off. You know, he yeah. knows how to get it done. <clears throat> so we had a great time, and that's why. I'm... Well, Her- Herbie deserves it. If you guys out there don't know who he is, Herbie actually started working with Santana. Right, and uh, from there he, um, you know, branched off with the guys and uh, started Journey. He was Jer- Journey's manager for. Um, and um, let's see what happened here. Okay, well, let's get Greg on the phone again and um, make it happen. Um, well, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, wow. I realized I was talking to. Error. No, you weren't. That was the funny thing. You told I heard the entire Herbie Herbert story. Oh well, my my it just what says call failed and it was off. And I, when I said yeah. hello, because I didn't hear no response from you. Yeah, no, no. Then <laughs> my, my my phone started ringing and said you were calling me. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I have a fe- I, I have a I feeling it's from the earlier call that we made. Uh, it could be. Okay, so I was telling anyway. everybody. I was telling everybody that Herbie started with Santana. And um, you know he branched off, and the other guys did, and uh, and managed um, uh, you know journey. journey. That was his, um, you know, yeah. 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 That whole journey thing yeah. was his. And I under- I never really met um, Herbie, but I know so many people who have, and uh, nobody has a bad word to say. He's a wonderful. He he tells. He's got more stories than noah i yeah, mean yeah, yeah, I, yeah you know he he could just tell stories forever and they're all interesting and he could go on and on and i i, I should if if he's up to doing it uh you should you should have a talk with him one night yeah i had I, yeah. somebody had contacted herbie for me um in fact you know jim mccarthy yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. jim had yeah. yeah yeah jim had contacted um herbie for me when he was um 
a couple of months ago, and he was very, very ill. He wasn't feeling well at all, and he was, and he, yeah, and he said he would love to do it if he was, if he was feeling better. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe I'll reach out to him again. That'd be great. This, this is it's possible, and you know, I mean, the kind of thing is, uh, and especially now, um, you know, he's got a path that that gives him a possibility to stay on. Yeah, if you know what I mean, and and so uh, if he's feeling okay, he would probably love to do it. You know? Cool. See, yeah, people could plug it in. Cool, cool, cool. I'll look into that. Yeah. But I've been speaking to a lot of guys that um, uh, that, that were involved in um, your in, in you know your life. Um, Jeff Traeger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Bill, yeah, yeah, Bill Perazzo and um, yeah, uh, yeah, and, uh, and Fred Cotero. I don't know if Fred had a lot to do with Sly and the Family Stone, but he did, had a lot to do with a lot of mm-hmm. the San Francisco guys. I, I worked with Fred yeah. a bunch of times. He didn't work with us back in the day. Uh-huh. That was Don Palouse and a couple of the engineers back uh, for CBS. Yeah, but Fred is a, a wonderful person uh, very talented and he's done a lot of things in uh in the san francisco music explosion i'll call it yeah you know, or the, the renaissance you know during the late 60s and 70s um great guy yeah he yeah. is great guy great stories and um and and, and these are the uh, guys who um kind of set the foundation for everything i mean they couldn't do it without the artists but um, they had a lot to do with it, too. You know, the, the whole sound, the entire getting everything together. You guys were all exploring at the same time. It was uncharted territory. Uh, yes, it was. And, you know, engineers are uh, good engineers or, or a big piece of that puzzle. Right. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the where it comes from, the seed is the artist, of course. Sure. And then all that is, you know, watering the you know, and growing and fertilizing and making it happen, making yeah. it all happen, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speak. So, yeah, engineers are very important. They are the kind of unspoken uh, heroes, usually, of, right. the, of the chain of create creation. Yeah. Of, uh, and also guys like Bill Perazzo, the guys who actually sold the records to, um, you know, to those. The... Ba- yeah, th- those guys back in the day, again, were, you know, you didn't know about them. Right. But they were the ones that, within the existence of the template of the music industry back then, that you know could make it happen. You know, would 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 pull on a program director's shirt tail that no one else was listening and right. said, check this and break yeah. a record yeah, out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Someone else couldn't. You know, yeah. they were those people, and and uh, it did simple kind of like. Oh, how do you put it? Maybe business business moves, or yeah. strategic moves at the right time. Yeah, it just made it just blow up. You know, lit the match to the gas. You know, yeah. the fire. You know, put the match on it. And so, and, and these yeah. guys and these guys were street hustlers. They were um, you know, they had tr- More li- yeah yeah they they they, yeah. they they had tricks up their sleeves. They had all kinds of uh, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, they 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 were telling me stories how they would you know. Uh, put put the records they wanted to get rid of underneath the pile of records, and the and the guys in the record shop would say, "Why are you hiding that? How come I can't get that one?" And they say, "Okay, you want right. that one? I'll give it to you too." You know that kind of thing. But um, well, that's how the business had developed to that that, that stage. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, going through time, you could do certain things at certain times. Yeah. But you know, that whole thing doesn't even exist anymore. 
something else does, but not that. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool time. You know? Yeah, it was it really was. A lot of good music came out of that time. Yeah. yeah, and um, another guy who um, I'm sure you remember is, is an old buddy of mine, Artie Kornfeld. He wants me to yeah. say hi to you, and um, I told him I was speaking to you tonight. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, and every, there's so many characters from those days that just uh, just incredible stories, and and everybody was a character. They all had their own little uh, you know thing going on. But let's let's get into Absolutely. yeah, let's get it. Let's get to you now. Um, you know, you're the guy who's with me tonight, and thank you for that. And um, I, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad everything worked out today. I'm glad Herbie's doing a little better. And, um, yeah, I yeah. really love to speak to him. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. so you, you've, um, you're definitely an icon. Uh, one of my, I, I remember when I was, a, you know, when I was a kid, when Sly hit the, uh, you know, hit the TV, it was so cool that mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of these guys, you know, that it, it was actually, you know, a segregated band. There wasn't too many of yeah, them back right. then, you know. And uh, I remember I you, know, yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah, watching, really in the, in the yeah, I remember watching, world. yeah, I remember watching you and the Chambers Brothers, and I thought it was so cool that you know that that, that these uh, black dudes had white drummers, you know, and it was, yeah. and I think I spoke to you a couple of days ago and told you, you know, that I was discussing something with um, you know, Ed Mann, and he said that you guys brought the sensibility to the table that you could mix funk and rock and get a whole new dynamic out of it. Funk, rock, yeah. jazz, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Just about anything. We, you know, we did, yeah. Um, it, it was like the the group was able to do that, uh-huh. and Sly's musical sensibilities and and everybody else's capabilities was able to put that kind of put that together, which was kind of an odd, you know, and. In logical terms, you wouldn't really necessarily do that. No one would, but you know, we were, we were out of the box from the get go, from the beginning. So, things like that um, were a fun challenge for us. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a tickle, you know, like, yeah. okay, you know, you're not supposed to do this. Nobody's doing it, and anybody would challenge us to do it, but we're going to do it because we can. Mm-hmm. And that's how, kind of how we did it, and we had fun with it. Yeah, and again, it was uncharted water. Nobody knew, yeah. you know, yeah. what would work and what wouldn't work. You, um, you, you know, mutual friend of ours, Michael Shreve, went through the same thing with Santana. That was a whole new, you know, explosion right. of sound as well. And um, you yeah. know, it, it mixing, just, mixing unusual elements together that yeah were considered. You don't go now. You don't do that. You know. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, and and it's funny because of all of the um, San Francisco bands from that era, you know, Sly and the Family, Santana, those are the bands that kind of, um, you know, still have a grip on, on music. Every time you turn on a classic, you know, music stage from one of these, you know, it's either you or them or something, you know, out of that era pop, pops up. And um, you and Larry, um, you know, you and Larry were great. What a great rhythm section you guys had going. You know, um, it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was just—it it was so much. Uh, you know, it was such a natural thing for us. And I always tell people, you know, we never discussed it, or, or it wasn't kind of like some, you know, heavy thing that we sat down and put. But we just did it. Right. It was just a great chemistry. We stayed out of its way, and that time, that moment in time, I, I called musical renaissance 
right. of the late 60s, early 70s. And that's exactly what it was. And I think that, that uh, it, it proves itself to this moment yes. you know, to be that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does because if, if there was no Sly in the Family Stone, there'd be no Prince. I mean, you know. Yeah, Brick, you know, Wind, and Fire, Prince. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I, I mean, yeah, uh, just so many bands were influenced by, by the sound that you guys had. And it's still an innovative sound today. Nobody's touched it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't know we were doing that. We well, that, 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 that that's what even makes it more sensational. You, nobody knew you were doing it. You know, you guys didn't know what you were doing, but it was done. And I remember just sitting, when Stan came out especially, I remember sitting down with friends and just taking an album apart for days. It was just, mm-hmm. it was just, um, um, it just kind of opened up new doors and, and, and new colors, you know, because everybody was, you know, it, it was just an incredible, incredible experience. And um, that album sound, sounds as fresh today as it did when that album hit the streets. It was mixed. Pro- it was mixed incredibly. The produced the production was incredible. The band was firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, anyway, but that's uh, yeah. That was, that was about the time I think we did that show at uh, at um, Fillmore East. Yes, sixty eight. Sixty eight. Yeah. Fillmore East. It yeah. ended up coming out being released this a couple about two years ago. Finally, yeah. uh-huh. I remember having those tapes. You yeah. know, from the from when we did it for the longest time ago. How come they never released this? You know, I never kind of. I said, oh, "What a great show!" And the band was at the top of their game at that point in time. Yes, you know, I, I listened to that album earlier this afternoon, getting ready for this, yeah. and um, just such great, great stuff. Just that you know, um, I, I think it's four yep. show, four shows. I think came out on that disc, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know who was on the bill, right? You know, you know the backstory. Yeah, well, well, you could tell it. Okay, so that, and and over the years, I'll, I'll present it in this way. I remember someone sending me a picture of the ticket from that show, uh-huh. and so there's a couple highlights. Like, wow, really? And it, it, the ticket was seven dollars and fifty cents right. for Maurice. Yep, and on the bill was um, Jimmy Hendrix's experience, yep. flying a family stone, and Eric Burden and the animals. Yeah. For $7.50. Yep. Well, that's, <laughs> that's like a million dollars today. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I remember Wait. when I first seen it, I go, holy cow, yeah, that's right. Yeah, is that cheap then? You know, yes. in, in the world of two or $300 yep. start-offs, you yep. know, yep. tickets for a concert, and then, you know, bootleg and black market it goes up from there you know yes uh, I, I saw the rolling stones um, not too long after that show at madison mm-hmm. square garden and for 850 i got to see the there you go. i got to see the stones and bb king and ike and tina turner and terry reed a dollar more yeah for a dollar <laughs> more and people were complaining that the stones were ripping off the um public yeah, it's crazy i paid yeah. five dollars to see the doors at the felt forum yeah, and then late, you know, and, and it's funny because I, I was running a club on Long Island um, later on, and we were charging really? eight eight. Yeah, I uh, called my father's place. You guys came through there, I think, a few times. I I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that was that the place that uh, did the 
you ran it, you say? Did you own it? No, I didn't own it. I remember uh, there was a place we played, and the Vanilla Fudge, because later on in yeah. time, I got with Tim Bogart, and we had a couple of groups. And yeah, things. yeah, yep. And we used to talk about, we played there, yep. and their manager owned the place, but I don't know if it's one and the same. Um, let's see, Epi Epstein was the owner, Michael Epstein. And, and well, okay. Yeah, and I worked. I worked. Yeah, I worked for him, and I um, I actually I, I I went to work for him right after I stopped working with Michael Shreve. I I did some work with Michael when he had that Novo Combo band. I, I met Michael in that oh, era. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's how I met Michael. I think. Yeah, I think I'm talking about an earlier period. Yeah, this would have been late '60s. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He was there. He was there in the late '60s. I got the, I got to the party late. You know, I used to hang out there as a kid, okay. but I didn't start managing the place till later on. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys definitely came through, and we were charging at that time. You know, late '60s to the like late '70s, eight dollars a ticket. It came with two drinks, and a two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and you know it was bands like you know Miles Davis played there, James Brown played there, BB King played there, you know Grandmaster Flash, everybody, and you know it was, it was kind of like the bottom line only on Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what killed yeah, us was um, um, uh, MTV. Once MTV popped up, it killed the market. You know, bands no that went out. yeah, bands that were taking five thousand a night wanted seventeen thousand a night after that, and um, yeah. everything changed. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and, and you know, it also changed Woodstock. After Woodstock, everybody didn't want to do uh, little yeah. clubs anymore. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, we, and yeah, that's right. You know, for, you know, the doors went from playing the Fillmore to playing the Felt Forum, that kind of thing. They could, you know, you could do one show instead of having to do three, you know, to cover your, uh, you know, expenses. And, uh, yeah. Well, so hence you got a, a seven dollars fifty cent ticket with Hendrix and Animals and us. Yeah, and, and that was sixty eight, which was exactly it was. It, and it might have been. I think it was the summer. Um, let's see. I'll and tell so you. One year later. One year later. Yep. Woodstock. Yep. And then you know it went to a whole other level. It was October fourth and fifth that you guys played the Fillmore. Yeah. Yep. Sixty. Yeah, yeah, of sixty. October fourth and fifth. Yeah, and Woodstock yeah. was you know a little you know, under a year later. So yeah, things changed. And um, August of '69. Yep, and you guys kind of uh, it was you and Santana that ripped the uh, Woodstock festival. You, you two, uh, and maybe Joe Cocker if you want to, but you three were the big acts, I think, in my opinion, that kind of left uh, Woodstock as stars. The Who was there? Yeah, or, yeah, but the stu- yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, the Who de- definitely didn't get hurt by it, but I think Woods, you know, I think Monterey. Janice. Did, yeah, yeah, but the movie itself, you guys and Santana and a Cocker came out. I think um, just you know, just looking great. And um, well, we were we were on a we were doing like we had. I think we had already did Ed, Ed Sullivan once or twice, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, and. You know, but the, I think the big win was especially for Santana because nobody knew who they were right. at that point. I mean, they were just kind of like, you know, I, I remember my uh, uh, Graham, uh, you know, when when Michael uh-huh. Lang asked Graham to help him out, the thing is, you know, I need some help here, you know, when it was started to get out of hand. Right. Everybody was scrambling, like, how do we avoid a disaster right yeah and bill said okay okay um, you gotta bring you gotta let me bring this crew well, yeah. who's that bill santana 
who's Santana? Uh, yeah. Just you, you want me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to bring Santana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it. And of course, yeah. you know, that was, that was a big win for everybody. You know? Yeah. No. No. I and heard. The, and the guys, the guys in the band always tell me, you know, Bill had a meeting with us. He says, "You guys are going to do the show." And he goes, "I'm going to tell you, this is going to change your lives." Uh, you no, I'm not kidding. This is going to change your lives. I mean, you really drove it home to them, and they go, "Yeah, well, we'll yeah, sure, we'll do it." And they're wondering, like, "What's he talking about?" You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, well, you know. Yeah, it really did. Now I heard. I don't know how true the story is. That um, when uh, Graham went to um, uh, Mike Lang and uh, Artie Kornfeld, he had two bands, and he said you have to take one of these bands. One was Santana, and the other one was It's a Beautiful Day. And they flipped, well, and they yeah, and they yeah. flipped a coin. Yeah, yeah, and, and and a coin was flipped, and Santana kind of won the, the coin toss, and uh, you know the rest, as they say, well, is history. Right, so that's what I was just speaking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I got to admit, I did, knew nothing about the coin flip. Yeah, I don't know how true it is. I don't know if it's a true story. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's a true story, but um, oh, good. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. But I mean, yeah, right. yeah. They really, they really, um, um, yeah. That was really their breakthrough. But I think <laughs> um, you know, you guys had the um, perfect time to play. You're, you're playing the, you know, at night. It was, you know. It was just, you know, perfect. You guys just looked perfect up there. Now, um, I, I, it was three in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pitch black. Yeah. But um, yeah, I understand that the Black Panthers uh, started trouble in your band. That they wanted uh, you and Jerk. Well, yeah, I probably you don't know how many times I get asked that. Uh, and yeah, it's true, but it's kind of background. In other words, I think yeah, I, I think they did come. I've never felt any I never felt the inertia from that right. you know yeah meaning that I remember that happening and, and Sly just kind of handled and they approached him and he just says ain't happening and um you know they said to go well you got two white guys and it ain't happening yeah. and, it, and that was the end of it right. and it really and I, I never knew the real uh intensity or impact of it to way after the fact, like way up in the future, mm -hmm. because it's been asked and presented to me so many times. And just over time, I realized, well, it was, it was more of a big deal, I guess, than he ever made it of it. You right. know, he just okay. handled it, and that was, that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Because no. I understand that um, Jimi Hendrix was approached, too, right? That Well, you, I don't know if you would know. I, I don't, yeah, but he was told to, you know. I don't know about it. Yeah, it'd be a good idea yeah. to start playing more, um, you know, R&B-type stuff and... uh Kind of you know black uh, rootsy type music and um, you know yeah. yeah and people don't realize how big the Panthers were at that time how, how uh, powerful well, they were. you know yeah I, I I guess but you know um, there, you know all the elements we're talking about yeah. were in their own realms and so you know maybe so but things that were but these things that we're talking about these elements. You know, yeah. and, and when I say that, I'm referring to a Jimi Hendrix or, or Slime Family Stone or, you know, Bill Graham or whatever. All these these people that were doing these things and these uh, that existed then, they, oh, the Black Panthers. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. They all took up a big space in that moment in time, but but they were all were also all of them were powerful uh, movements, for lack of a better term. You know, they, sure. they existed big in their own space, and they they made um, you know the waves that they made, the connections that they made, and yeah. you know. So now, um, I didn't know that Jerry Martini was your cousin. Well. Um, that, <laughs> that's actually a, um, how do I say it? You know, the record company, uh, uh, promotion and marketing oh. team kind of put that together. Oh, so it's not true. And we just kind of, yeah, we got, we're not actually cousins. Uh, okay. I mean, so Sly and Rose and Freddie are actually brothers and sisters. Yes, yes, yes. But Larry's not a, a, a cousin. Right. Cynthia right, has right. no relationship, and, and Jerry and I. Uh-huh. You know, we became very close, and I mean, became, we became, geez, brothers and sisters and everything else, you know. Yeah. Uh, why were we together and on the road? We were, oh, we, sure. We had a, a pretty cool, very strong bond. We had each other's backs. Yeah. Um, but that's the explanation. Not, of that. not, not blood. Okay, that's cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which so, is okay. I mean, it never yeah. it never hurt or created anything. No, no, no. Uh, you know, it was just a the topic of conversation, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, okay. And, and you were actually the first member to leave the band. You, you, you were. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, you know, uh, which actually Sly predicted, I must say, he predicted it. He came to me one time. He goes, "You know, you're going to be the first one to leave." And I just looked at him and said, "Why'd you say that? Yeah, you're just going to be the first one to leave." Wow! <laughs> I swear to God, that happened. With. I don't remember how long before that. Oh, it was probably at least a couple of years. Because yeah. I remember when he said it to me. Then I didn't even relate. Wow! What are you talking about? Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, um, wow. That's pretty weird. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you left, like that happened. Yeah. And you, when you left, the band was huge. And I guess that's when all the craziness starts when, um, you know, when everything's going super yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the craziness that, I mean, that was the reason why I left. Not necessarily because it just, it was crazy because, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff happens in special groups, but, but bottom line for me, it was just um, when it got to the point that I had the realization that it was I couldn't affect change to what was going on. Right, and it wasn't like well, it just happened one day, and I you know you know screw this. No, this was going. This was started and growing and got to the point where it got. And I mean, all I could say is that well. I wasn't wrong. I mean, yeah. my, my, you know, my assessment <clears throat> of yeah. what was happening and what was to come. Yeah. And it was right. I wish it wasn't, but it was. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah. It, you know, yeah. I guess it, it was the time. Just, and you had some great drummers yeah. follow you in that band. I mean, I don't know. They didn't have, oh, yeah. they didn't have the same effect you had, but, um, you know, there were no lightweights that, that, that filled, um, you know, your spot. I know, um, Bill, Bill, yeah, Lord, it was different. Yeah, Andy Newmar came in. What was in the band? Bill Lorden came into the band. 
Um, right. Who well, actually followed you? Probably. Who followed you? I think there was a couple guys, uh, Bill Gibson, I think, and then and then they got Bill Lorden, and and you know it was one or two drummers after, and then yeah. he stayed for a while, and he, he was he he you know it was good, it was going yeah. good, and then then they got Andy, yeah, and Bill left, and Andy was a great drummer. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, when I was touring with the Family Stone a couple of years ago, we did. Um, Ronnie Scott's in London. Yeah, and we invited um, Andy to come down and uh, asked him to sit in and everything. And we, you know, had a great discussion, great talk, and everything. And good guy, I like him. Yeah, always, yeah. always liked him. And yeah. Bill. Yeah, and, yeah, and Bill Lord and I wound up with uh, Robin Trower. Robin Trower, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot. Of, yeah, and then uh, uh, Jack. But the chemistry, the chemistry on the the original lineup was just. Untouchable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, and and once the original band started uh, falling apart, you know, obviously Sly, you know, got into, um, you know, a little mischief. We used to, I remember booking Mm -hmm. Sly maybe half a dozen times at uh, the club later on, and he never showed. He just, you know, wouldn't show up. It was just, um, and and we always knew you better have a backup when, you know, the the nights you, you know, planning on Sly coming. Yeah. Because it wasn't really going to happen. And I think he was working yeah. with um, FBI talent at the time. Frontier. Bo- I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was FBI. And I'll tell you a funny story. Um, FBI, you know, was the booking agency. They had him and Iggy Pop. And Iggy mm-hmm. would, Iggy was having trouble too. He didn't show most of the time as well. And um, one day this guy comes in and he says to uh, the guy I was working for, um, "Hi, I'm from FBI." And the guy I'm working for goes nuts. I'm tired of you guys from FBI, you know, Sly Stone, Iggy Pop. And the guy's looking at him like he's nuts. It turned out to be the real FBI. <laughs> and, he, and this guy's yeah. yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, they, they, were coming at, they were coming after him, actually. And, um, yeah, he, he threw himself a little tantrum that, you know, Sly didn't show and Iggy didn't show and blah, blah, blah. And the guy says, no, 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 you're wrong. I'm not from that FBI. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so those were f- fun days. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, you um, did uh, um, a tour with Weather Report. And mm-hmm. I watched that today, too. Um, I know uh, Joe Zawino said that you uh, did Boogie Woogie Waltz better than anybody else that he worked with. And I actually Joe saw. Joe Salvano was a wonderful person, and yeah. I mean all the guys. Was, yeah. That was a highlight of my uh, yeah. musical experiences. One of the highlights, and 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 really, you know, when I left Sly, I took off for a year. I didn't, I didn't do anything, and that was the first thing I did, I believe, coming back out and wanting to get back into playing touring and playing again. Yeah. And it was a, a, a very appropriate. Wonderful surprise for me, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's great. Yeah, wonderful people, incredible uh, music, and just a great learning experience too for me. You know. Yeah, they were a great band. They were what a band. Yeah. they were. Um, and then I mm-hmm. think I saw you perform a year or two after that. When um, did you play the Garden with David Bowie? The garden, yeah. 
No, we did, I did the West Coast tour, the Diamond okay. Dogs tour. Okay, you did. Okay, I I saw I saw the Diamond Dogs tour in New York. Mm-hmm. So no, okay, yeah, so, so you weren't involved. You weren't involved in that leg of the tour. Yeah. Okay, that was a great tour, wasn't it? It was phenomenal. It was the first. Uh, that was like the biggest um, pro- rock and roll production, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah. That existed at the time. I remember, you know, I mean, he brought out the big show with all the props and yeah, he built the yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, that yeah, he built the city yeah. on stage, right? The city was a yeah, it was just absolutely amazing. Very talented, very yeah. unique character. That band too was at that time. Yeah, uh, Mike Garson, right? Garson. Yeah, Mike Garson, yeah. musical director, yep. keyboards, Earl Slick on guitar, yep. Luther Vandross singing backgrounds with yep. his wife and two other fellows. Yep. Uh, David Sanborn on sax. I know that's crazy. Yeah, that was a cool. That was incredible. The cast was amazing. I actually saw Luther work with him one other time after he came on tour again with the um, Young American tour. Luther was still with him. Later on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the R&B tour that he did, which was great as well. But yeah, that and, was... And Luther already started his solo career? Uh, yeah. At that time? Yeah, right yeah. after that, Luther, I think, stepped down solo. Right. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, that was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he always knew how to put a show together. He definitely did. And, um, yeah. How do you, I, I mean, I know you guys all grew up in the same, uh, you know, vicinity, but um, from the playing that you did with, like, Weather Report and uh, Sly and the family, um, changing over to working with Jerry Garcia, that must have been a little. <laughs> Well, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a definite path. And, and so, what was it? Early 70s, and I think I was still with Fly, pretty uh-huh. sure. Well, no, I say I left in 71. Well, it could have been even 71 when he, all of a sudden I get a knock on my door and I open the door and it's Mickey Hart. And oh, he's cool. got a, he had a, he had a gift. He had a symbol bag. He goes, I got something for you. He goes, I'm Mickey. And I, knew who he was, I guess, and obviously knew who he was, and I, this was like an unexpected knock on the door. I didn't know yeah, him yet. Yeah. He introduced himself. I invited him in, and we became very good friends. Right. And and then, so we started hanging out a lot, and I had moved to L.A., and I got into production, and I had used him on some productions, some things with the, the Oscars, producing his records and writing with him, and we did some things together, some sound design things that I used on the record. And I was living in L.A., and he lived up in Novato. He had, they had the Grateful Dead Ranch up there, and he had his barn where he had the studio. And I used to just enjoy and make up excuses to go up there and spend some time and hang out. Yeah, yeah. Because I was born and raised in San Francisco, so I really missed San Francisco when I was living in L.A. I mean, it's a different world, right. okay, which I ended up back. Where I was born and raised back, you know, eventually back in, in 85. But at that time, so I used to come up a lot. We just see that. We had, used to have fun. So, you know, and being invited to all the Grateful Dead shows dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And and then uh, it was around 74, uh, Ron Tut, Elvis's drummer, was playing sure. with Garcia. And I don't know, I guess. Elvis went back on the road and the tour came up and you couldn't and so they called me you know and I had 
met Jerry, and all, you know, I remember getting a call, I think from Steve Parrish. And, yeah. Or me, it might have been Mickey says, hey, Jerry wants to use you in the band. Might, I think that's how it was first presented. And then, you know, someone's going to call you, and then maybe Steve Parrish called and whatever. And I ended up touring on and off between 74 and 84. So for 10 years, it was going out. Wow. And at that time, and the, and the the in-betweens was because I had a lot of production commitments that got into producing and stuff. And so there were times where I couldn't go out, you know, when there was a tour. And, and so that's why it was on and off. But between 74 and 84, I did tour with Jerry. And it was wonderful. I yeah. loved Jerry. It was great. Uh, well, we had... Yeah, yeah, enjoyed playing with the band. Wow, that's great. And, um, you know, I've been going through your uh, discography and stuff. You're on so many albums that I didn't even really um, connect with. I mean, I kind of knew you were there, but I kind of get had to get like hit in the head again. Um, we'll get to them in a minute, but you actually toured with, you did the Santana um, Buddy Miles tour, right? Well, it wasn't a tour. We just simply did a show at Diamond Head Crater. Uh, it's called Sunshine 72 or 73. Mm-hmm. 1972 mm-hmm. is 1973. We did a, a big concert in Diamond Head Crater, and it was a huge concert. I mean, it's like, yeah, more maybe 100,000 people. It's funny because I was just talking to uh, Carlos Santana. We I get together with him a lot uh-huh. uh, currently, and we're talking about. He was talking about wanting to reissue that album, maybe remaster it, and you and I have about just under thirty minutes of super eight millimeter film oh, wow. of leaving um, uh, Waikiki or our hotels and going up on the way up to the crater while everyone's coming in, and I got this film. Of the whole thing and the whole concert before, during, and after uh-huh. on Super 8. No sound to it. So he wanted to maybe, you know, take that and get it edited, remaster the record, do some interviews with him and I of our of the experience, and put it out again. You know, wow. we should however, make it available <clears throat> streaming, wow. I guess. That's pretty you know. cool, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, so we're, I'm coming. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm sure we'll end up doing it. Yeah, let's take a quick uh, break and uh, get some air, and I'll, I'm going to play uh, them changes from that album. Okay. Cool. Yeah, let's take a quick. Break. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.
Okay, and we're back. I'm back with Greg, and that was um, them changes, and um, that was um, a Buddy Miles tune that uh, was covered by Buddy and um, Carlos Santana, and um, you were playing drums on that, correct? Buddy and I were playing yeah. drums. And yep. It was Neil Chan and Carlos Santana. Yep. And mostly the rest of the original Santana band. Yeah. Not all, but mostly, you know, and yep. some additional cats. Yeah, and, and then Gaskin, and well, saxophone, and some. Then Kokex Devito was playing. Who was in Santana for a while? Yes, uh, percussion, percussion and Victor Pentoya. Wow. Yeah, it was a pretty cool ensemble. Yeah, it was a real. Yeah, that was a really intense band, and um, I remember seeing part of it. Buddy playing guitar. He was a great guitarist as well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, he didn't play on. He didn't play guitar there. No. But later on, yeah. No, no, not on them changes, but he played another tune, right? Um, on the uh, the Hawaii thing you're talking about, or oh, maybe I don't know. I saw I saw a clip of him, a video clip of him playing guitar, and he, you know, he's definitely working with not on not during the um, not during that particular okay. festival. Okay, okay, yeah, because he he was definitely with with yeah. um, Santana, so I don't know if it was just a guest yeah. appearance or whatever it was, but yeah, he was great. And yeah. then then yeah. this this is one of my um. All time of uh, um, kind of like hidden pleasures. This album that you worked on, Monkey Grip, Monkey Grip Glue with Bill Wyman. I think that's an incredible album. Um, <laughs> I, Either I've heard that in ages. So, yeah, I, yeah, that I was did one or two songs on that. Yeah, yeah. You 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 worked on a couple of Wyman pieces. That and Stone Alone, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Monkey Grip, that was. Great lineup. He had, you know, some great players on that, and um, some great tunes came out of that album. I kind of look at that, you know, not not in the same um, um, uh, caliber of great music, but that was his like "All Things Must Pass" album. I got some great tunes mm-hmm. that the Stones won't let me do, so here they are, you know. And he kind of got them all mm-hmm. out on that album. But that was definitely an interesting yeah. album. It really was a good album. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, um, just going back to. The last subject of Buddy playing guitar, um, he actually played with a reunion of Sly and the Family Stone that Bill Graham hosted. I think it was in '85. HBO did a special on the Fillmore. Oh, really? I forgot the title of it, but it was a special on Fillmore Auditorium uh, history. I don't know what it was. You yeah. know, thirty fifth birthday or something, but it was uh-huh. an HBO special, Bill Graham's Film Auditorium, San Francisco. Yeah, and we went up and did a reunion. Uh, I remember I was living in LA at the time, still, and gone up. And I think Freddie didn't show up, and neither did Larry. So oh. Buddy played guitar with us. Oh, really? So it's if you, if you look at that doc, I'll have to look for that film. You'll see. You'll see Buddy, Buddy Miles playing guitar wow. with Sly and the Family Stone on the HBO Bill yeah. Graham special. Wow, and he, he, he and he, I was shocked. He was, you know, he's a great drummer. But um, and I saw him live a handful of times, and um, I never really saw him play guitar till later on, till you know, um, he started playing the smaller clubs. When I first saw him, well, up, yeah, yeah, and that's after his stint with. Hendrix, so he yeah. picked up a few chops from Jimmy, I think. Yeah, yeah, I guess he did, but uh, he was he was pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And, yeah. And you've worked with Lee Oscar from a yeah. war. I wrote and produced a bunch of stuff with yes. Lee, and one tune that we penned together had a couple, was reborn a couple times. Uh, the most significant would have been um, um, Pitbull and Keisha uh-huh. did a song, which was a huge worldwide number one charting. It was crazy. I mean, they did like 10, 11 million units around the world. Wow. It's called Timber. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Sure. That's yeah, that. yeah. So Tim- that originally came from the derivative of a song called San Francisco Bay that we did wow. on the Before the Rain album, the Oscars. Yeah. We wrote called San Francisco Bay. And so they took that and it ended up being, including Lee and I, 11 writers on it. So they added their thing to it. Uh-huh. And it's called Timber, and that came from San Francisco Bay. Well, you listen to both of them; you could hear the, yeah. the you know, t- t- yeah, t- the connection. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, cl- you know, that's a uh, must-have DJ tune. That's you know, pl- every mobile DJ. Huge, you know, the, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, the, yeah, that was know, that was huge. Wow, I didn't yeah. realize that. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for Lee to call me. We're supposed to be doing something with um, Harold, uh, you know, with Harold and Howard doing a, a, a oh, roundtable. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to um, um, I spoke to Harold a couple of weeks ago, and he kind of hooked me up. But Lee's a tough guy to get. I can't get him to, um, you know, he told he told Harold he would do it, but I, I just haven't gotten any real commitments yet. So I'm waiting for that. But yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm sure he will. Yeah, 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 he definitely will. Just you know, everybody's so busy yeah. and, and, and crazy times, and um, yeah. I, I mean, you just uh, Pete Sears, another great guy that you worked with. So Pete, um, we had a trio for a moment. It was Neil Sean, yeah, myself and Pete Sears, yeah, and uh, that was the Crater Festival that we did. It was I can't don't remember. It was either the year before or the year after the one that you've you know, been speaking about of yes. Santana and, and Buddy and, you know, yeah. we did. And so we went over, I think it was the year after, and we did it as a trio. And there's some stuff up on YouTube from yeah. that. They call it the beginning of Journey, which it was just right before Journey, actually. So, yeah. but I, I you know, uh, in any event, um, all, all perspectives are welcomed. Um, but it was the, the 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 energy of that band, the, the three of us, was just stupid. It was off the hook. Yeah. And we couldn't find lead singers. So we lasted for you know, four or six months or something like that. And then it kind of, and then they started a journey. Yeah. He's an incredible guy.
is, I mean, it, the, our energy on that is just yeah. it's amazing. Check it out. On, I don't know. If, did you ever hear any of that? Yeah, I did. I saw it on um, on YouTube, and um, Pete you, said yeah, okay. Pete said he was going to send me a copy, but I, I, I'm, he, I guess he forgot. I have to I have to get in touch with Pete. Actually, I, I he he I did a send show. Send you a copy? Yeah. Um, yeah, or you could download it from YouTube. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I could. Oh. Uh, yeah, I could. I was going to. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but um, you know, Pete was telling me about that band, and it was um, man, what a it was a heavy duty band. That band kicked butt. It really did. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's you know that that's one of the um, you know things I that, that I'm really sorry never came to fruition. That band would have been would have been just incredible too. I, I remember uh, I tell the story once in a while because it was you know you were looking for lead singer who'd you try to get? Yeah. So I remember we Neil and I were in a phone booth one time trying to get we're calling England from San Francisco uh-huh. trying to get a hold of Stevie Winwood. Right. That's we, what he told me. Yeah. We, that's what yeah, he told me. He right. said, "Yeah, he's, that's what he told me." He's, he said that we, that you guys were like really, really wanting Winwood in that band, and um, yeah, yeah that, work. yeah, that would have been a, that would have been a monster. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, guys, uh, check it out on YouTube. And um, the name of that band again? Um, it was just under our last names, you know. It's sure, uh, uh, Sean. Rico and Sears, or you know, yeah. Sean Sears or Rico for that album. Right, just our last, yeah. last names. And what a great! Oh, pa- we, and we had a name for a minute. It was called I don't know something. It was something stupid. It didn't make sense. I don't know why. Uh-huh. Happy birthday, or yeah, I forgot something. Yeah. And but um, we went under our, our three last names for the most part. Yeah. And um, you know, of course, you've worked with well, not a, you, you. You did Snakes and Stripes with Harvey Mandel, which is a great album. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, the rhythm, better. the apocalypse now. Uh, uh, you've worked on uh, with the Rhythm Devils. That's Mickey Hart. That's yeah. part of our yep. tenure. Of, you know, during our hanging out, it was all during that same t- time period. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I spoke and to um, Apocalypse Now, the yeah. soundtrack for the movie Apocalypse Now for for Francis. Wow. Yeah, so um, I spoke to um, some of the guys involved with the um, Stick People videos that you guys have been oh. working on, and I heard that's been a blast. You guys have been having a lot of fun doing that. It's, it's amazing. We got you know no no uh, script or agenda. We just get together and talk three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an hour and a half, four o'clock sharp on Zoom, and we record it. Yeah. And we just let it fly. Once in a while, we'll have a guest on. Like, uh, you know, we had Steve Jordan a couple of weeks ago. We uh-huh. have Narda on. We had, uh, what's his name, O'Teal from uh, the bass player with the dead now. Yeah. It's just different people. Stanley Clark was on. Not white. I say on. We've recorded it. We sure. haven't yeah. put it out there yet. Right. We haven't done whatever it is we're going to do with it, which yep. was talk of several things, maybe a series, maybe a mm-hmm. doc, maybe, we don't know. We're just kind of uh, looking for where it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, I was telling uh, Michael that um, uh, Joel Selvin was on with me a few times, and I know you, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys got him, were you trying to get him on? What a, what a. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Joel's a great guy, too. Mm-hmm. He's kind of you know he knows everything about everything you know from that from that period and uh, 
you know, San Francisco thing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And um, um, yeah, so it, I can't wait to see it. I, I saw some clips. Uh, I saw the yeah. uh, trailer you guys put out, and Michael told me about some of it. And um, mm-hmm. it sounds great. Um, Lenny's going to be on the show, uh, I think, the end of the month, actually, Lenny White. On uh, your show? Yeah, on this show. Yeah, Lenny was on before. Lenny's... Yeah. yeah. Is, is, am I correct in, in my understanding that you guys, like, from the same neighborhood? But you didn't know yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I told you that the other day. We both lived in Laurelton. I lived on 223rd Street. Lenny lived on 225th. Mm. And, um, uh, and um, you know, I... I, I I was really young. He was too, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. we uh, we 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 never played in the same band or anything like that. I can't I cannot <laughs> say that I played with Lenny yeah. White, but um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we 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 did. We grew up in the same neighborhood, and my next door neighbor there was Josh White. Remember Josh White, the uh, folk singer? Yeah, yeah, he was my yeah. next door neighbor. Wow. Yeah, so uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pocket of musical talent. Me, Lenny, and uh, Josh. <laughs> Um, Talented neighborhood. Yeah. Talented Yeah. And, um, you know, it was right out of Jamaica. So James Brown was, you know, you came out of Jamaica. And, uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. um, it was a cool little place to be. It was definitely a melting pot. And, um, you know, just, just, man, it was a long time ago. So, um, yeah, so uh, we're coming into changes now, right? Everybody's looking to a great future. What are your plans after uh, everything's lifted if, you know, God willing, this COVID thing disappears? You... I, you know, I just just kind of fought with it. I'd love to get back out there and do some shows. I had a bunch of uh, cool shows that were that you know just kind of evaporated and that's in air. There was one big show in Golden Gate Park uh-huh. uh, that I was going to do. That was I was going to the Jazz and Heritage Festival in New Orleans. Yes, doing a thing down there. A couple things with some with Ivan Neville and some with. Uh, oh. um, it was a couple of few things I was going to do, uh, and you know that went away. And I don't know. The last show I did was uh, at the Great American Music Hall in December, December right. 29th. Actually, it was Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Tower Power, Ivan Neville, and Dumpster Funk. Wow. And featuring David Garibaldi and myself doing the Sly Book. And the Tower Brown book, wow. you know, songs from the love, wow. and it was just, it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had we had a blast. We had a really good time. And any place and, to find that? Any any way to hear any of that? That uh, music? I, you know, I I I would bet um, there's probably on YouTube. I haven't even. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I I would bet that people have you know like cell phone. Yeah, but 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 you're not no 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 releases are planned anything like that. No, 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 no. no okay. Point. Well, because man, that that must have been incredible. What you know, they're great bands. You know, Dumpster Funk is, yeah. is great. And um, um, I don't I don't know if it was like professionally. I mean, no one arranged for it to be recorded or. Thank you. 
and then you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But who knows? Yeah, you know? and and um, are you, any new music you're listening to that's um, of interest? Um, I don't know. I listen to I listen to all kinds of music. So just stuff that kind of yeah, you know, grabs me. And I find like you know during these times, uh, you know, listen to new stuff and then also listening to historic stuff, old stuff. It just kind of gives you, you know, you live through the moment, so it brings you back there for a moment. You know, listening to music, as it always does, but probably more. Um, spiritually or important now than ever, you yes. know, being yeah. what we're all going through, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, but there's nothing, you know, no no new artists or anything that you plan on uh, doing some work with in the future. It's, uh, I know it's a hard question because nobody knows when they're yeah, allowed I, out. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's tough. Well, it's not so hard. It's that off the top of my head, I'm blank. And, and uh-huh. of any, yeah, okay. maybe just like you know, yeah. well, just cut. <clears throat> and that's it. You know. If if anybody wants to um, contact you, is there any uh, website, any any place they can uh, find you if, if if they want to, you know, check out some, you know, some merch or anything like that? Uh, I don't really have. We're working on doing like for the sick people. We're we're working on our a sick people website, uh-huh. uh, which we're we're going to set up all that. I don't have one myself, uh-huh. and I don't know why I've never set that up. I do have like, you know, a couple two Facebook presence. Yes, uh, I'm present there, and you know, under my name, uh, one with a dot in between first and last name. Uh huh. And uh, and then the stick people also. I, I uh, a couple weeks ago I set up just I put together just a, a site for uh, yeah. on Facebook for stick people and put that teaser up there. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, you seen it. Yeah, I did. Okay. I saw. Yeah, yeah. And it and, and but I haven't launched it yet. It's there. And actually, it's funny that teaser got reached over, over thirteen thousand people as of a few days ago. Uh-huh. And I haven't boosted it invited anybody hooked i mean they just put it there just to start something right you know, to put it put it up yeah and i haven't uh pressed the button on it yet because uh we wanted to get our website together yeah. first and uh-huh. we're working that on as we speak so but if you do go to facebook and stick people in those no space between the name yeah you'll find it and you can watch the teaser i mean if anybody's interested in looking at it, it's pretty cool yeah, and we got a lot of fantastic and inspiring response from that. Well, I, I, it's the greatest drummers in history are in that uh, stick people meeting every <laughs> three times a week. I mean, it's you, it's David, you know, it's Michael, uh, Mike Clark, right? Lenny, Lenny White. And, yeah, yeah. So the five of you, right? And 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 yeah, and yeah. Michael, yeah, Michael Shreve, Mike yeah. Clark, myself, and Lenny. Yeah, and um, quite honestly. I said way early on when we first started doing this, I realized, I go, hey, guys, this is therapy for us yeah. during these times. Yeah. And we all, like, laughed our asses off but agreed that, yeah, it was and it is. Yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe uh, underneath everything, that's what's driving us could be. Yeah. In any case, it's um, it's valuable and it's uplifting and, it, uh, and, and people are digging it, so. 
Yeah, that's why I'm we'll doing continue. this thing. I started this thing uh, two months ago, and mm-hmm. uh, and I must have spoke and I must have had conversations with a hundred artists already. And that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, in fact, uh, well, to, we're uh, during the, we're during a time where these kinds of things are are um, connect, and you know, yes. people want it. Well, you can't go out, you can't go to a concert, you know. So these kinds of things that still connect everybody, an artist or a listener, to all this history yeah, and just all these experiences and all these great musics and all that. So I think it's it's very important. And uh, it's, it, it's the, you know, it's the only place to go right now. Yeah. So to speak, you know. Yeah, it is. And, uh, so and every, we're fortunate and, to have it. And, and I'm hearing some great stories, and I'm, I'm connecting with some great people. And um, it's just yeah. funny because, you know, I, I, I called a favor in with Mike Shreve. I said to him, you know, Michael, mm-hmm. you know, Michael's one of the first guys who let me um, bother him. <laughs> and when he did it, it's funny, the day that I got Michael on the on, online with me, um, you know, I know Michael for a long time. And um, he's, mm-hmm. he, he, he's like, um, he, he's been like, you know, my... Uh, uh, North Star, you know, he's always there if I need help. Good. Yeah, yeah he, he really is. He's a great yeah. guy. So he kind of let me yeah. uh, test everything out on him. And the day he um, he's on with me, I, I a new mixer came in and I hooked it up that day and I messed everything up. And it was it was oh. it was a catastrophe. And um, but yeah, he, he he was pretty cool about it. And um, I really have to thank him for that. And um, you know, he yeah. turned me on to some cool guys. I, I you know, um, Bayete from Automatic Man's been on a few times, and you know, I got all these people I met via Michael. And, um, yeah, I mean, you guys, uh, you're incredible, you know, between you and, uh, um, um, you know, Michael Shreve. I mean, you, you, you're, the, you're the pinnacle of the San Francisco sound on that, on those three meetings every week. And um, well, it's, it's like David opens it up, so which just all happened, you know, be here at the same time, yeah. late sixties, early seventies, and we all had all met yep. during that period, and yep. each had our own different thing, and we didn't sound like each other, but no. we were all inspired by each other, and we're all were blessed to be in some of the creations of some, you know, m- music that was created then that has lived on through the decades and still exists and is relevant, yeah, you know, still relevant, which. Um, I guess you can't say that about all musics, but there are some yeah. that kind of are able to do that. And well, well uh, represents some of that. You know? Well, yeah, you guys are the best, and I want to thank you. And um, I'd love to have you back on uh, in a couple of weeks, months, whenever you're free. I'd love to, uh, you know, do. Right. A, well, yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, and um, be here. Yeah, and, and um, maybe I, I, I'll, I'll contact you offline during the week, and maybe. Um, you could speak to you know, get Herbie's information over if he's okay. Yeah, we'll see. We can hook that up. Yeah, yeah. We'll give it a shot. Yeah, right. yeah well, I appreciate right. that. And uh, um, sure. Greg, thank you, and stay safe out there, and say hi to the guys for me. And um, you bet. We'll speak soon. All right. Take care of yourself. Okay. You too, my friend. Bye bye. Thank you. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. 
Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall. There are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.